Well, good morning. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, Foundation Band. Welcome to Westlake United Methodist Church. We are so glad that you are here worshiping with us. I want to invite you to do something. Uh, there's a little booklet at the end of your row. If you will uh, sign in, we would love to have a record of your attendance here today. Uh, and if you'll pass it down the road, we'd really appreciate that. And if you're worshiping online, I want to invite you to register your attendance there as well. If you're on the website via the live stream, if you'll back out of full screen mode, there's a little red rectangle above the screen that says register your attendance. Uh, if you'll fill out the form, come on back. That would be great. If you're on Facebook Live, you can register on the event page. Well, there's a few things I want to let you know about that are happening here in the life of the church this week and in the weeks to come. First, on uh, Sunday, September 12th, we have a newcomer's lunch. So if you are new or newer to the church, we would love to have the opportunity to connect with you, to get to know you a little better, for you to get to know us a little better, and to hear more about who we are and what we do. So Sunday, September 12th, you can register online on our website on the events page. Uh, Sunday, September 5th will be a bit of a bittersweet day for us, as you've heard. So next Sunday, we'll be celebrating and saying farewell to our lovely Children's Ministries Director, Megan Getman. Ah, ah, but at the same time, we are going to have Children First coming back in the 9 a.m. service. It's going to be so fun. That's where kids take the lead in worship. It's going to be a blast. And immediately following uh, that Children First worship service, we will have fun together in the parking lot. We'll, we'll send uh, Megan off well. There'll be an ice cream truck in the parking lot. There'll be donut holes. It'll be a great, sweet sugar high fest. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, you're going to love it. So join us next Sunday in between the two services. Uh, Sunday school kickoff is today. Very exciting. Immediately following, there are still some adult groups that are meeting on Zoom only, but some who are meeting in hybrid modes. Uh, so that's happening today. And children's ministry uh, Sunday school kickoff is happening, and that's going to be happening right outside in the parking lot in front of that Taylor building. And there's going to be a service project attached to the kickoff today. So it's going to be a blast. We have a really cool thing happening beginning Thursday, September 7th. Uh, Pastor Tracy is inviting you. If you've got a busy life, but you know what? You want to have be a part of this comprehensive Bible study. Tuesday, forgive me. Tuesday, September 7th. Uh, if you want to uh, be a part of a comprehensive Bible plan over the course of um, uh, 12 weeks, this is an incredible opportunity for you. So 6.30 to 8. This will happen on Zoom only. So it'll be a little bit easier for you to connect and to participate. Please sign up on the events page on our website. And one last thing, we, have a, we are hosting a flu vaccine clinic through CVS Pharmacy right here uh, on the church campus, and that is on Thursday, September 9th, from 9.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Uh, you can sign up uh, to register for an appointment uh, on the events page of our website. Thanks so much, everybody. We're so glad you're here. Happy Sunday. Thanks, Kurt. And um, thanks to all of you all for um, masking up today. We appreciate that sign of love to one another. And, um, and while we're in a stage five pandemic, we're going to ask that everybody, um, rather than singing your hearts out as you normally do, just kind of sing inside your hearts. <laughs> um, hum along, perhaps. Hum along. Um, but we are here to worship. Let's worship together. Um, should we stand? No, you don't need to stand. But you can go ahead and open your hands and close your eyes and pray with us. This song is a prayer.
bow our hearts, we bend our knees. Oh, Spirit, come make us humble. We turn our eyes from evil things. Oh, Lord, we cast down our idols. Give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Oh God, let us be a generation that seeks, that seeks your face. Oh God of Jacob, oh God, let us be a generation that seeks, seeks your face, oh God of Jacob. We bow our hearts, we bend our knees, oh Spirit, come make us humble. We turn our eyes from evil things. Oh Lord, we cast down our idols. Give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Oh God, let us be a generation that seeks, that seeks your face. Oh God of Jacob, oh God, let us be a generation that seeks, that seeks your face. Oh God of Jacob. God of Jacob. Good morning. Welcome to Westlake United Methodist Church. My name is Tracy Beadle. I'm the senior pastor, and I am so glad that all of you are here to worship with us this morning, those of you who are here in the room, as well as those of you who are worshiping with us online. You know, we come to worship each and every week with so much on our hearts and minds, right? This week in particular, it seems like there is a lot to carry. We have these roses here, for example, to um, honor and remember those that we lost in Afghanistan this week. Um, and we will lift that up in prayer later, um, but wanted to point that out to you. Of course, we're also um, concerned and holding in our hearts the people of New Orleans who on this anniversary of Katrina face yet another potentially devastating storm. Um, and we hold the people of Haiti in our hearts who are recovering from another earthquake and complicated by rain and storms. And so as we gather together in worship today uh, with so much on our hearts, 
I want to invite us to please stand as we're called to worship and to pray with the psalmist this prayer. Have mercy on us, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out our transgressions, wash us thoroughly from our iniquity and cleanse us from our sin. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and put a new and right spirit within us. Do not cast us away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from us. Restore to us the joy of your salvation and sustain in us willing spirits. Jesus, in whose name we are gathered today, shares with us a deep peace. I want to invite each of us now to share the peace of Christ with one another. Let's welcome our children down for children's time. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak but he is strong. Alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Good morning. It, I'm so tickled y'all all came up because last time I was up here it was all grown-ups. There were no kids. So um, I'm super happy to see you and I'm so glad you're here. Today, um, well, earlier this week, Miss Megan sent me the scripture for today, and I was like, oh, mama, it is a doozy. It's about rules. So I wonder if you guys, you guys have all started back to school, right? I, I wonder if you could share with me some of the rules you have at your school. Uh, be respectful, I guess. I mean, be respectful. That's a great one. No running in the halls. No running, man, that is a big one. Walk in a straight line, hands to yourself, voices quiet. Um, and then there's this big one, right? Washing hands. Mercy, we've been doing so much of it the last couple of years, right? So in today's scripture, it's a story about some guys who are really great rule followers who say, 
Jesus, like, why are you eating with people who don't do the whole ceremonial cleaning? Which, by the way, was not a scrubbing of their hands, but it was like sprinkling special water on their fingertips facing up and facing down. Like, they were so in love with their rules. And Jesus was like, um, I think you guys have put the rules that man made above the rules that God gave us. I wonder, so y'all have heard about the 10 best ways to live, right? Like the 10 commandments is what we call them. It boils down to two big ones, right? Love God, love your neighbor. Washing hands is not in there, (laughs) right? Sometimes that washing hands or wearing a mask can get in the way of loving your neighbor because we think, man, that rule is so important. So I wonder, though, if it's important to wash our hands. It's pretty important, right? So, um, so what Jesus said was, that, that's important, yes. But you cannot make it more important than a clean heart. Will washing our hands make our hearts clean? No. So here's the thing that I was thinking that we might be able to do, though, to help us clean our hearts and keep our hands clean. So for our prayer here to wrap it up, I want us to, um, I'm going to hold the mic so I can't really, pretend like I'm washing my hands. But as we're doing this prayer, I want you to just do the things that you do, right? Wash between the fingers, wash the things. So I'm going to start with this. As I put on my mask, God, let the words that come out of my mouth be words of kindness. Let my eyes show your love. As I'm washing my hands, and I'll do this all week, I'm going to try to remember to do this. As I wash my hands, may my heart be pure. May my heart be full of love. May my heart show joy and kindness. Amen. So as we wash our hands, we'll just wash up our hearts too. Thanks for coming down, (laughs) y'all. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When I feel afraid, I think I've lost my way. Still you're there right beside me. Nothing will I fear as long as you are near. Please be near me to the end. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Let us pray. Create in us clean hearts, O God that all that we say and do might honor and please you. And hold me up, God, that I might lift you up. Amen. Hear now the gospel of Jesus Christ according to Mark. Now when the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around him, that is Jesus, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it, 
And there are also many other traditions that they observe, the washing of cups, pots, and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? He said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you, hypocrites, as it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. Then he called the crowd again and said to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand there is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile, but the things that come out are what defile. For it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come. Fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly, all these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So in preparation for this sermon, I did a Google search using the phrase unjust laws. Google returned 28,400,000 results in 0.61 seconds. It was fascinating. One article outlined 10 local laws that may be doing more harm than good. It pointed out that most laws are conceived with good intentions, but sometimes they have unintended harmful consequences. And these consequences usually have the greatest impact on the most vulnerable in our society. The article, the article cited as one example the imposition of fines for minor offenses or infractions. Y'all, um, speed limits are a challenge for me. So I've had my fair share of speeding tickets. And I learned at a very young age that in North Carolina, if you are driving more than 15 miles over the speed limit, that's a misdemeanor. And you can have your license revoked as a result. At my court hearing, the judge took mercy on me. God bless him. It was my very first offense, and instead of taking my license, charged me what at the time seemed to me an exorbitant fee and ordered me to take defensive driving, which cost even more money. Fortunately, while the fees and the expenses were high, and they absolutely did serve as a deterrent from future speeding, um, I was able to pay the fines, or I guess I should say my parents were able to pay the fines, and I took the driving course and my life went on. But Latrice Harry of Vallejo, California, she wasn't so fortunate. A traffic ticket that she couldn't afford to pay when compounded with fines and late fees and penalties, it suddenly snowballed into a $1,400 penalty. And her driver's license was also revoked. Well, without the ability to drive, Latrice lost her job, which meant it was even more difficult, if not impossible, to pay the fines, and it also compromised her ability to easily go to visit her children. 
Some of our well-meaning laws, rules, and traditions, when divorced from compassion, do more harm than good. And Jesus is not shy about pointing it out either. Jesus is on a roll, y'all. I mean, he has fed more than 5,000 men, women, and children on five loaves of bread and two fish. He's walked on water. He has demonstrated his power over nature by stilling a storm, and he's healed more people than, than I can count. He's famous. The people know who he is. Even King Herod knows and fears him. And the Jewish religious leaders, the Pharisees and scribes or legal experts, they absolutely know who Jesus is. And some of the religious leaders, not all of them, but some, attempt to discredit him. Now, I stress that some and not all Jewish leaders attempt to discredit him because, unfortunately, too often, scripture that sets Jesus at odds with his fellow Jews gets appropriated to justify anti-Semitic violence. Y'all, we can't ever forget that Jesus was a Jew. He was a very faithful Jewish man. And he was sent to share the good news first with his fellow Jews, and his primary message was one of love. So anti-Semitic attitudes and the hateful and violent acts that are born of those attitudes, they have no place in a faith movement that claims Jesus as their leader. None. Period. So, some Jewish religious leaders, in an attempt to publicly discredit Jesus, they call his disciples, call he and his disciples out. This isn't the first time that they've done so either. This has been going on for a couple of chapters now. They've been on Jesus' case, harping on their failure to fast, harping on their Sabbath violations, and now this, hand washing. Now certainly we all know the value of clean hands. Misty pointed it out. Especially since March of 2020, we have been cleaning our hands constantly. Even before COVID-19, I mean, we told our kids to wash their hands, especially before they eat. When I visit people in the hospital, I always clean my hands at one of the hundreds of sanitation stations that line the walls before I enter the room. When I sneeze or cough, I always do it into the crook of my elbow to keep my hands clean because we know that clean hands are one of the best ways to prevent the spread of germs that cause disease. Clean hands matter, so we wash them. Now, hand washing, as Misty alluded to in her children's sermon, in the context we encounter in this story was not primarily about sanitizing oneself by scrubbing with soap and water to prevent the spread of germs. It was a tradition of ritual cleansing that was meant to demonstrate piety. Think of it as a spiritual practice. We have a lot of those, right? We pray, we come and worship, we read and study scripture, we fast, that's just to name a few. All of these spiritual practices are well-intended. They are meant to draw us closer to God. They're meant to form us into the people of God. But Jesus has this annoying habit of weighing the laws and traditions and spiritual practices of his faith against what is right and just and meaningful and most helpful 
in the moment. It's annoying because for some, including some of the religious leaders, their laws and traditions have become idols. They hold so tightly to them that they have completely lost sight of the one that they say they seek to know and honor through these practices. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition, Jesus says. And then the lectionary does something weird. It cuts the next five verses. But y'all, these verses are important because it's, it's here in these verses that Jesus provides a case study. Then he said to them, you have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to keep your tradition. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother and, whatever, and whoever speaks evil of father or mother must surely die. But you say that if anyone tells father or mother, whatever support you might have had from me is Corban, that is an offering to God, then you no longer permit doing anything for a father or mother, thus making void the word of God through your tradition that you handed on. And you do many things like this. So what's Jesus talking about? God's fifth commandment says, honor your father and your mother. Now this was understood in part to mean that children were to support their parents as they aged and could no longer provide for themselves. There was also a widely held principle or tradition referred to as Corban. Now Corban means an offering that's been set apart for God. When something is set apart for God, it can't be used for any other purpose. So, it was taught that if you stated that the money you would have otherwise used to support your parents was Corbin, was dedicated to God, then you were freed from the obligation to support your parents. Their misuse or distortion of Corbin had become a rationale for neglecting their responsibility to their parents that was commanded by God. Jesus was a faithful Jew, but strictly speaking, he was not a very faithful rule follower. He would violate human laws and traditions when they conflicted with God's commandments, the greatest of which, Jesus makes very clear in all the Gospels, is love, to love God and to love neighbor. For the sake of love, Jesus reached out and touched a man suffering with leprosy, even though to do so would make Jesus' hands unclean. For the sake of love, Jesus called a Jewish tax collector, someone who was largely understood to be collaborating with the Roman government that occupied Jerusalem, to be one of his disciples. And then... He proceeded to dine in the tax collector's home with a whole bunch of other tax collectors and people that they referred to as sinners, even though to do so made Jesus unclean. For the sake of love, Jesus healed a man with a withered hand on the Sabbath in the synagogue, violating the law against performing work on God's day of rest, even though to do so made Jesus unclean. When Jesus challenged the laws and traditions of his time, he did so for the sake of demonstrating God's 
law of love, a love that calls us to justice and mercy. These are also essential spiritual practices, by the way. In the case of hand washing, Jesus said, it's not what goes into us that makes us unclean, it's what comes out because it's from within, out of the human heart that our intentions come. The heart was thought to be the center and source of a person's will and decision-making capabilities. So any evil intentions, Jesus says, come from the heart. Making our words and actions unclean, it's this that defiles us and dishonors God. It's more important to have clean hearts than to have clean hands, Jesus says. So the question for us is, do our attitudes and actions reflect love of God and compassion for others? Or do we hide behind rules and laws and traditions? Do we hide behind or hold up our faithful adherence to spiritual practices to avoid being changed, to avoid risking ourselves? Or do we allow those spiritual practices to form us and transform us into people who faithfully love as God commands us to? We humans, we like order and structure. I mean, it helps us to feel secure. One of the first things that we try to provide for a newborn is order. We work up a schedule around which to organize their sleeping and their eating. Children-like routine, we say. It helps them to feel safe. When we can predict what's coming next, we feel a whole lot less anxious. Laws organize our communities and societies. Doctrines articulate our beliefs. Spiritual practices shape a life of faith. But when we hold these so rigidly that we are no longer able to hear and respond to the heart of God expressed through the Holy Spirit, we too become idolaters. We see it in our modern day society with laws that are unjust or that have unjust consequences. We see it in our modern day church, the United Methodist Church with wording in our book of discipline which governs church order that discriminates against our LGBTQ siblings. We see it in our own lives when our spiritual practice become an end unto themselves rather than a means to a faithful expression of God's heart. Jesus asks, will you follow human law and have clean hands or follow God and have a clean heart? It's a good question. Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor of Jerusalem who presided at Jesus' trial, he had clean hands. Remember? He washed them right before he condemned Jesus to death by crucifixion. Clean hands or clean hearts? Something 
worthy of our meditation in the coming week. And I love Misty's suggestion that every time we clean our hands, we reflect on the state of our hearts. God's desire for justice and mercy, God's desire for intimacy with us, seeks a reality where hands and hearts are of one mind, clean, and in full service to God's greatest commandment, the law of love. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Tracy, for that message calling us to love and to have pure hearts. I'm so thankful for all the ways in which Westlake UMC ministers to kids, to and with kids, youth. I'm thankful for the Sunday schools that are coming back in person uh, today and those that are still meeting online as well. I'm thankful for all the ways in which this church family supports one another all the efforts that take place in our congregational care ministry. And there are so many other things that I'm thankful for as well. And it's because of that thankfulness, that gratitude of what God is doing here, I am grateful to support the work and ministry of Westlake UMC, not just because I work here, but because I really value all the things that this community provides for one another and for the greater community around us as well. Well, there are a few ways that you can give to support the work of the church and the ministry beyond as well. First, you can go to our website, westlake-umc.org. Uh, you can make a one-time gift or you can set up recurring gifts. It's easy, it's convenient, it's what my family does. Uh, in person, on the way out, you can give in the offering plate that will be in the narthex. Uh, you can text Westlake UMC in all caps to 73256. You receive a message with a link to give and that's really simple as well. Uh, or you can mail a check to the church. If you are writing checks, you can mail a check anytime that you want. That would be fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your consistency, for your generosity. Uh, we are in this together, and we are so thankful that we get to do this with you. Thanks, everybody. A clean heart, O Lord, and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and renew a right spirit within. Spirit 
foundation band. Well, friends, let's pray together as an act of love for each other, for our community, and for our world. And I want to invite uh, those of you worshiping at home, if you have any joys or concerns, feel free to offer those in the chat or the comment section. Let's pray together. God, we celebrate the 18th wedding anniversary for Aisha and Lars Hagen and the 27th wedding anniversary for Sherry Bowen and Bob Pierce. We celebrate the birthdays of Jerry Becker, Diana and Emma Bouchong, Jerry Fain, and one of our founding members, Beverly Thomas. We also celebrate the birth of Baby Wells, grandson of Siobhan Eisman and son of Karen Eisman and Otis Brower. We celebrate with Logan Bennett for earning a master's degree in social work from the University of Denver. We give thanks for all of the teachers, staff, and children in our preschool, and we are so grateful that as they start a new school year. God, as cases of COVID-19 spike all over, we give thanks for all of the healthcare workers and providers that work diligently to save lives. God, may they know your strength and may they know our support. And particularly, we pray today for Luis Alberto Sanchez Hernandez, who is fighting for his life dealing with COVID. May his family know comfort. May he know healing. God, we offer you our concerns today. You understand the relational, spiritual, emotional, and financial needs that we're facing. And we know that you are with us and that you will direct us. May your comfort and your peace be felt, especially for those who grieve. We pray for all those who have experienced the destruction of the recent earthquake and tropical storm in Haiti. We ask that generosity and compassion would be added to skill and careful planning as relief uh, happens in these rebuilding efforts. And for those in the path of Hurricane Ida in New Orleans and on the coast of Louisiana, may they know protection and may they know relief after the storm. We also pray for those who've experienced violence and loss in Afghanistan. We lift up our military as they work to evacuate people. May they know strength and protection. And we pray for the families of those who lost loved ones in the bombings this week both our own soldiers and Afghan civilians. 
in the midst of the Taliban's takeover, the government there is much unrest and fear as people prepare for the worst. There is so much pain felt on so many levels, and we pray that those with a desire for a just and equitable society might find ways to the forefront and that peace may be accompanied by justice for every citizen. Let's take the next few moments of silence to offer up to God that which weighs most heavily upon us. Now let us pray with faith, with conviction, the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. said amen, whoa, and all the people 
Give thanks to the Lord for His love never ends. And all the people said Amen. And all the people said Amen. sit in your pew and listen to that song. I'm sorry. Thank you for standing up with me. As we go out this week, let us remember that it is clean hearts to which God calls us. Hearts that are formed and shaped by the rules and regulations and spiritual practices that we are given, but they are not an end unto themselves, but a means to those who would faithfully love all God's people all the time. We go out knowing that the love of God, the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the communion of the Holy Spirit are with each and every one of us now and remain with us always. Amen.
I could not foresee this thing happening to you. If I look hard enough into the setting sun, my love will laugh with me before the morning comes. I see a red door and I want it painted black. No colors anymore. I want them to turn black. I see the girls walk by dressed in their summer clothes. I have to turn my head until my darkness goes. Charlie Watts.